0: Students, staff, alumni, neighbors, friends. Welcome to the Because We're Lutheran podcast from Pacific Lutheran University. You don't have to be a Lutheran to listen, but we do hope by the end of these conversations, you'll think there's something pretty interesting, maybe even compelling, about Lutheran higher education. I'm University Pastor Jen Rude, and I'll be your host. Because we're Lutheran, we are actively engaged in interfaith work at PLU. This work and these relationships and interfaith explorations are critical to our identity. So today I'm going to be talking with two PLU students, both seniors, both actively engaged in interfaith work on campus, and both awesome, I would say. We've got Kara Barkman, who's a senior global studies major from Shelton, Washington. Kara exudes camp counselor vibes. She has a fanny pack with friendship bracelet supplies at the ready, and she's an active part of our campus university congregation, and she even preached last Sunday. So, welcome, Kara. Thank you. And Aziza Ahmed is a senior sociology and political science major, um, born in Nairobi, Kenya, and most recently from Auburn, Washington. Aziza is in her second year serving as our interfaith coordinator out of the campus ministry office. She's creative and organized, hilarious, and never lets a lack of budget squish her dreams, which I appreciate as her partner. And it's been fun to partner with her over the last two years, working hard to get interfaith work on the map at PLU. So just to kind of start us off a little bit, um, will you each tell us a little bit about your um, spiritual or religious background and kind of how you currently identify that?
1: Yeah, I can go first. So I identify as Lutheran. Um, I've grown up in an ELCA church since I was born, and I've continued to live that tradition through
2: college. Great. Thanks, Kara. Um, so I grew up in a Somali Muslim household, so religion was so heavily integrated um, into the culture. Currently, I would say I, am, I would still identify as Muslim. However, I would say I, I am quite explorative religiously.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you both. So you're both an active part of our interfaith working group, which is a group of students and faculty and staff that's kind of leading this work on campus. And one of the things we do often as a group when we gather to sort of deepen our relationships with each other is to have some sort of starter question. So Mm -hmm. today, um, we were just talking a little bit before we started recording about what's something that you just love about your faith tradition or practice? So I'd invite you both to share a little bit about that.
2: For me, it's... It's so much the community. Mm. I think when Muslims get together or when, when there's any time, a space being shared by Muslims, it's like a spirit that you feel mm. not only um, within yourself, but I think in the air. And it's just such a vibrant community um, when we do get the opportunity to get together. And it's not just on Fridays. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I love that feeling. And there's nothing like it. I don't even know that I would know how to describe mm-hmm. it.
0: That really makes sense to me because you're part of the reason that we really try to make sure our work is community focused and not just kind of getting our work done, but really engaging with each other. And yeah, yeah. thank you.
1: How about you, Kara? Um, I love kind of the music traditions that are um, incorporated into Lutheran church services. Mm -hmm. So um, whether that's more traditional with hymns um, or things like prayer services or contemporary music, which is what uh, the church that I go to back home. Typically, I go to the contemporary service. But um, there's something about music that just helps me really, relate my feelings um, and my spirituality. And I think especially being a camp counselor, as you said, um, a lot of how we see campers um, really delve into their faith is through song as Mm -hmm. well. And I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah. Thank
0: you. So when did you ber- both first encounter Lutherans or Lutheranism, and what were your first impressions? <laughs> well, I was Kara. You might not um, even remember this. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I was baptized into the Lutheran church when I was two months old. Okay. Um, so I don't know my first encounter mm-hmm. with Lutheranism, but I think I really started to understand it when I moved to my church in Shelton. And started going to, like, the little kid, like, Sunday school programs and youth groups there. Um, it's probably when I first really started to encounter what it meant to be Lutheran. Because before that age,
0: yeah,
1: I don't know if you fully understand anything.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you've been a camp counselor for several summers where you're really at Lutheran summer camp. Oh, yeah. Talking yeah. about the faith with other kiddos. Yeah, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. really
1: exciting to see them start to ask questions and grow in that mm-hmm. um, Tradition. You're
0: preparing them for college with
2: all those critical yes. questions. Yes, so many critical yeah. questions. <laughs> How about you, Aziza? Um, PLU actually. Okay. Um, where I come from, it's very—it's not sheltered insofar as like, of course, I went to public school and whatever. But just insofar as, like, interfaith interactions, right? Like, we're very Muslim, interact with Muslims. And that's just kind of been the tradition. So coming here, it was like, hello, we're Lutheran. And so <laughs> I'm kind of left to decipher what that means. Like, how do I fit into, like, Lutheranism here? And for me, it was very positive because every time I thought about Lutheranism, I'd related it to the mission. And the mission was actually something I really identified with. And ultimately, I think what brought me here. Mm-hmm. So. So, I, I would say it was very positive because, like, who doesn't think care for the earth, others, and um, our community is positive, right? <laughs> right. <So. laughs> yeah. Did your faith impact your decision to attend PLU um, or influence it at all? It made me weary. So, I'd, I'd gotten a scholarship to come here. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to, my mom's not really involved in my education, but it is also like, give me something to brag about right <laughs> so, I, so if I'm gonna come here I have to tell I have to tell her like where am I going and give her something to brag about mm-hmm. and so I, I was a little weary insofar as I had to navigate how do I tell my mom that I'm going to a Christian school but that doesn't mean I'm Christian mm-hmm. um and and so I think that if anything was uh was kind of like something that I just had to step over, kind of an obstacle almost.
1: Mm -hmm. How about you, Kara? Um, I was almost exclusively looking at small ELCA schools across the country, Mm -hmm. as far as New York, um, California, Minnesota, all over the place. And um, for me, it was really important that I went somewhere where I could practice my faith um, and have a strong community, but also... I really wanted the liberal arts education because I knew that it was more interfaith that way and that you could start to learn from people who didn't necessarily share the same background as you because you didn't have to be Christian, Lutheran, um, or religious at all to come here. And that was really important to me. Mm -hmm.
0: That really leads to this um, question around, while some people sort of see it as contradictory that um, we're a Lutheran university and we do interfaith work, we really see it as because we're Lutheran that's why we do interfaith work, because we value, like you said, multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. We value learning in community. In your understanding, why is it essential to the mission of a Lutheran institution that we're involved in interfaith work? It's a question for both of you. <laughs> why is it essential that a Lutheran university is is doing this work?
1: Um, I think a big part about being Lutheran, um, especially when we're talking about like pillars of Lutheran higher education, which is really core to PLU. Mm-hmm. You think about critical questioning mm-hmm. and um, the ways that you are meant to question the world, question those around you, um, and that's okay to do. Martin Luther encouraged questions like mm-hmm. that's kind of how the whole Reformation began. <laughs> right. um, and so I think being able to question society and question like why are um, people reacting to different religions in different ways, and what are ways that we can find similarities and differences and um, just learn to live in community together. I think just, again, like learning to live together, learning um, how to be together in community is so important, and religion is a big part of people's identities, and so being able to practice interfaith work at an institution that values that is um, Mm -hmm. really important.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the liberal arts, which is which mm-hmm. is part of that. This idea that we need to be able to sort of um, critically watch the news when we yes. hear things about interfaith communities, or um, critically ask questions um, mm-hmm. because we've had experience with people who are different than us, rather than just sort of studying about about things. Yeah, yeah. Aziza, how about you? Um, Why is it essential or <clears throat> core to the mission of PLU?
2: <laughs> well, for, so for me, like I said, I was really attracted to the mission, and, and to me, this was what how Lutheranism manifested, right? And so, when I'm deciding to uh, to come to a campus, I do want to know how Lutheranism manifests, like behaviorally, right? Like, how do campus policies reflect care for the earth, our community, and others? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, it was like, okay, I see the mission rooted in in, in Lutheranism, and so. It just like made sense, and mm-hmm. so I was thrown into this position. It's September. I September eighteenth, I think, was my first day on mm-hmm. the job. Whatever, eighteen <laughs> days into the school day, uh-huh. this is what I know Lutheranism to be, and mm-hmm. and ever since then, it's it's kind of manifested in that way that I don't know Lutheranism to be anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't know Lutheranism to not be interfaith work, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. so embedded. I think, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And for each of you, kind of personally, what's the educational value for you as a student to learn with and about people who practice various faith traditions or different religions?
1: Well, I'm a global studies major, yeah, um, and I am really interested in like global development types of things and anthropology as well. And you can't interact with people if you can't have a basic understanding of how to interact with different religions Mm -hmm. and to respectfully and critically interact with people who practice different spiritualities and um, or who have different spiritualities Mm -hmm. and so I think for me and I know like my work in the future I want to do programs such as Yagam or Peace Corps it's so important to be able to get that experience here and Mm -hmm. to um, yeah learn how to do that on a college campus where um, I think people are more open to talking and to being to call you out on things and say like hey maybe rephrase that um, before we go out and Try it like post grad. Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick
0: note, so Yegum is oh, young yeah. adults in Global Mission and it's a program out of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Yeah. Yeah. Kara's pondering that. Post graduation.
2: Aziza, how about you? <clears throat> What's been the personal value? Um, you know what? I think I'm gonna keep barking up Kara's tree right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a younger sister and she has this she has this saying that. It's genius, right? She's 16, and she says, you know what, Aziza? She'll call me frustrated. She says, you know what, Aziza? People just don't know how to act. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean, right? It's like, people don't know how to act. And I think this largely stems from ignorance, right? Like, like, for example, I think something that I came across a lot is like, um, being around Muslim women, it's like if you don't know how to act when a Muslim woman painstakingly like denies your handshake, you, just, mm. you know it's it's that like yeah. I think the educational piece is that little that little thing that just teaches people how to act because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't know how to act. Right. <laughs> you know? Wisdom from your sister. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So here we're in the Pacific Northwest, which mm. has sometimes been called the Nun Zone. Not nun like Catholic nun, but Mm N-O-N-E, as in non-religiously affiliated. Kind of one of the least religiously affiliated areas of the country. And yet there seems to be this growing interest and value in interfaith work. So what gives? What insights do you have? Why that is?
1: Um, So I've heard this before, too, but I also think it's really interesting. Not only is the Pacific Northwest this, quote, nun zone, but it's also where we have the most religious diversity, like some of the most religious mm. diversity in the United States. Like in this whole Seattle-Tacoma-Olympia area, um, we have so many different faiths and religious backgrounds um, and so many people who practice those, but it's also like fewer yeah. total. So it's
0: not theoretical, like your neighbors are actually, yeah. you're encountering people who are different than you. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so And I
1: think because of that, it's so important right. that interfaith work comes to the forefront because you're interacting with people constantly and every day um who have these different backgrounds Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so yeah thank you yeah is these anything to add to that you know what I'm with Kara on this one as well (laughs) Uh, I I think it's just let's Kara put it when there is need um people people look for resources Mm -hmm. um and I think ultimately like I'd like to I'd like to say right like I want to think that Pacific Northwesterners are and are compassionate and, and mm-hmm. particularly interested in, in learning about their neighbors. And um, I know we've been talking about this as an assessment subgroup, um, as part of our interfaith working group, um, that while people might not be religiously identifying, they may still be spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to that end, anyone who understands spirituality or, or value, values-based worldviews might understand how um, ubiquitous and how vital it is to individuals' lives in terms of, like, how we live, right? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I don't, like, for me, it's, like, religion, like, lives in such small areas of my life. Like, I won't clock in for work until I'm, like, working. Um, Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's, like, that's that's on money, meaning that's sinful money, right? Uh And it's, like, (laughs) such little things like that that Mm -hmm. people don't understand Mm -hmm. that that's, like, that's religion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this dictates such a big part of our lives. And and so anybody who understands that Mm -hmm. understands, like, like, yeah, I of want to know this stuff. Like, like the depth of your values and
0: yeah, then how yeah. you live that out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So how have you two seen faith played out in the classroom at PLU?
1: So I think the biggest one for me, so um, as we are a liberal arts university, we take two general education requirements that are religiously based. So one is in the Christian tradition and one is in a global tradition. And my Christian tradition course was feminist and womanist theologies and um we talked a lot about like yes it was all based in Christianity but um different like denominations and people from different backgrounds from around the world and even that in itself was like you were learning a whole new perspective on what religion means to someone um and that completely blew my mind that Class, like, yeah, changed my perspective on so many things and helps me interact on a daily basis mm-hmm. with people in a different light. Okay. So
0: I know people are often um, nervous or, or wary of the the general education yeah. piece around um Christian tradition and non-Christian tradition. Christian they're so tradition.
1: interesting. But people
0: usually, yeah, yeah. Even if they're not religious at all, they're like, "Oh, I learned so much. This is a major part of some people's lives. Yeah, um, yeah. help me to ask questions I never thought of. Helps me to um, <laughs> act act differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: there's like classes where you can go and like you can do like, um, yeah, just classes about different religions mm-hmm. that we have that are or like that might be predominant in the Tacoma area. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you visit. Um, their places of worship and you like talk to people and you learn from them. And I think that's really cool that not only are people getting that interfaith perspective, but they're also being able to talk to community members and people who actually practice that religion. Because I think that's really important when it comes to interfaith work. It's not just assuming and reading a textbook. It's talking to people. Yeah. people. yeah, yeah.
0: So just a little plug for another podcast um, with Eric Hammerstrom, who's a faculty member in the religion department mm-hmm. and a Buddhist scholar mm-hmm. um, and engaged in the Buddhist community here in Tacoma. So that's an example of one of those classes where people get a chance to um, meet with people who practice that faith and that mm-hmm. tradition. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Aziza, about faith
2: in the classroom? <clears throat> um, I, I think for me, there's it manifests in two ways, right? For me, there's people on campus who are, like for example, Kara and I, right? Kara is very Lutheran and I'm very Muslim and it so easily we interact, right? Mm-hmm. And so in those ways we see um, religion manifest in classrooms. Um, but of course, like, true to my nature, I, f- I feel like if I'm in a position, if I'm doing work, there's reason behind my work, right? Mm. Um, and a lot of the reason behind my work is that I don't know that people can feel like they can show up as all of who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm. Like, I don't want to show up to places and be Aziza, black and, you know, woman, but not Muslim, mm-hmm. because it's inconvenient mm. to that space or because it's not necessary in that space. Right. that shouldn't be a thing and I mm-hmm. so ultimately I think there's a need for that kind of uplifting on campus, mm-hmm. otherwise it's very fluid mm-hmm. um, but how, how can you talk about something that's not being talked about? Yeah, you know? well
0: <laughs> I think you really um, nailed it with this idea of bringing your whole self to your learning, which is yeah. a value of Lutheran higher education, that you don't leave part of yourself behind right. and not only is all, are all parts sort of welcome, but they're necessary yeah. for learning. I, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. <laughs> All right. I just have one final question for you. Um, what's been one of the most meaningful or fun or impactful um, things that you've been a part of as part of your interfaith work here at PLU? A moment or an event or inspire uh, us. Uh,
2: first. Um, so I think as an activist, like the interface working group has embodied meaningful and productive movement um, because I think there are so many facets to movement, right? Like, what are we moving towards? Who's doing the moving? Um, for who are we moving? For what? Um, and so as someone who really admires like critical pedagogy and, and Paulo Freerian's mm-hmm. style of thinking, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I was, Able to practice critical pedagogy, right? I think um, working alongside the interface working group, we were also diverse in terms of our faith, our social locations, that we were able to come together and practice moving for, by, and with each other, and not for, not on behalf of one another or for one another. Um, and and who doesn't love um, practicing their craft? And it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. So um, for me, it's meaningful growth that bleeds beyond my activism within the realm of interfaith work so Mm -hmm. um shout out to the interfaith working group
1: yes (laughs) I think so last year and we have another one coming up this spring but last spring were the interfaith working games or the interfaith games sorry the interfaith games um and I was kind of I volunteered to help someone run the actual, like, game portion. And as fun as that was, like, I love doing that, and I would love to do that again, just to plug. Um, (laughs) But I also got to see these groups sitting around outside in the rain having conversations about faith and about Mm -hmm. spirituality. And you could see all of them were smiling, or they were, like, really intensely looking at each other and um, in this incredible conversation. And just seeing that, like, was it was really cool because a lot of them are students, but we also had staff, we had faculty, we had so many people involved. um, So they could come and they could run around and be silly, acting like penguins running Mm -hmm. across a field. And then they could go and have a deep conversation about spirituality and what faith means to them and what their religion is, Mm -hmm. um, and interact with people from different backgrounds. And I think that's really what this work is about, Mm -hmm. is getting those interactions going on campus and how can we implement that community um yeah here at plu Mm -hmm. how can we really get these values um to be rooted in everyone's mind, so that everyone feels comfortable attending something like the Interfaith Games. Yeah, Yeah. Um, which
0: is all Aziz's brainchild. Yes, and it was
1: wonderful.
0: (laughs) She kind of made that happen and people are already asking about when it's happening this year and um, we're pretty excited about it. So a combination of like running around being silly and having these deep conversations and sharing a meal together, just Mm -hmm. kind of a whole big event of sort of embodied learning
2: (laughs) and community. It was incredible. Um, well, first, I'd like to credit UC Davis for that idea. Actually, um, they had a YouTube video that I came across, and I was like, "That's cool." And then you cool. gave it your own spin. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like that's cool. Um, and also, I think hearing Kara talk about the interface games, I remember I love the fact that interface work isn't just work for students, mm-hmm. right? I love that I can expand, like, I can expand the work to not only affect students but staff and faculty. Um, And I I recall a specific moment, I recall, um, sitting down with Lynn Tucker's group, Mm -hmm. and Lynn Tucker's a professor at PLU, and I was listening to her share this really deep and meaningful story. Um, And for me, it's like so cool to not, to be able to like advocate for showing up as all of yourself for students, but to do Mm -hmm. that also for faculty, Mm -hmm. Um, that's cool, right? Like that's really cool to me. Yeah. and so, I, yeah, that, that's also something meaningful that we can um, impact not just students, but campus-wide, change the culture for students, staff, and faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Thank you both. It's a delight always <laughs> to spend
0: time with either of you and both of you together. And I am so grateful for the ways that you have been involved in this work um, and really kind of helping shift the culture here at PLU and kind of making interfaith work just part of the natural fabric, fabric of who we are. So, I'm excited for your next steps as seniors. Oh, my gosh. Um, and thank you for already kind of bringing up the generation behind you. So our work will not end when you two leave. So Oh, it sure won't. That's right. No. <laughs> no. Thank you very much. This has been another episode of Because We're Lutheran. Thanks for listening.